Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 256. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is Grant, who's coming to us from Stewardship. For those of you who do not know what Stewardship is, it is a investment, financial, and mortgage uh, investment just all around, just place for you to help yourself with your financial needs. I am very excited to have them on the show just because Grant is not only the founder of Stewardship, but he is also a author and writer. And on top of that, Stewardship has its own podcast. So these guys are running on all cylinders and it's so exciting to have them on the show and get to know them a little bit better. I am very excited to also announce that we are back to date on our podcast listing so we are back up and running i just wanted to say that we did not post last week and if you've heard the last episode you will be hearing it again Brittany and i are actually expecting our first child so we were a little bit preoccupied on the 4th of july to make an uh to make an official posting for the podcast so we wanted to share with you again this is something that very very much is exciting for the both of us and there is a lot of changes going on around the back end of things and behind the scenes. Brittany and I are doing the best we can to make sure that this little one is um, doing well and doing, you know, it's, you know, it's so incredible to become a first time parent. So there's a lot for me to learn, a lot for us to learn about the the parenthood side and uh, having a podcast. So we hope that you guys stay with us and we hope that you guys enjoy the the content that comes along with it, being a parent as well. So that being said, we're going to move forward into the business part. You can hear every episode of Finding Arizona Podcast at our website, findingarizonapodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So tell us who you want to come in next that is all under finding arizona podcast twitter instagram and facebook we make it easy again for you guys let us know who you want to come in and what you want to hear next and next up if you would like to become a super fan there are two ways for you to do it through our website uh, through our blog and through our newsletter the newsletter is a little bit more the official side going on with the podcast letting you know what's going on event wise in the community and what's going on officially on who's coming up next in our podcast And then the blog is actually a little bit more of the personal side of Brittany and I. We actually just posted the um, announcement and letting you know what's going on with the baby. And that is very exciting for us to have that blog post up there on our website to share with you um, our hopes and dreams and what we, you know, what we learned about becoming first time parents. Um, That being said, you can also become a super fan by going over to patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast. We have bonus content for you guys to go check out, sign up for one of our tiers and that helps support us. And that is the end of our intro. But before we go, we have our favorite part of the intro. That is our community cork board. You can send over an email over to finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com. There we'll set you up with a shout out like the following. Christmas in July, taking place July uh, 11th. This is the 14th annual Christmas in July hosted by historic downtown Glendale. And they will be putting up their um, famous lighting. And you can go over to the corner of 58th Drive in Palmyra, Palmyra, and um, you will be able to see some of the incredible lights taking place this evening. And next up, is free COVID testing taking place over at the Metro Center Mall. As most of you have known, 
Metro Center Mall has closed its doors, but in the last um, in a last uh, attempt to, you know, kind of keep it running and keep it useful, they're going to be doing blitz testing over there. So if you would like to go set up an appointment, go check it out. Um, you can do so through the city of Phoenix, and that's taking place today from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. And you can uh, g- you can also find out more information at www.familytreehealthcare.com. And that is the end of our intro, and we go straight into this episode, episode number 256 with Grant of Stewardship. I will see you guys on the next episode. What is it you do, and why do you do it? Here at Finding Arizona Podcast, we love to showcase that, and so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google, along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost-effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a combo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at eic.agency or check out what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I am your host, Jose. As always, we bring in fellow guests that are incredible and special to us. Um, I am very excited to introduce this gentleman. So I have to pull out the introduction paper because there's so many great things about this gentleman, I would like to say. Um, He is the founder of the Stewardship Financial, um, and he has a number one Amazon bestseller entitled The Problem Isn't Their Paycheck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the microphone. Grant Botma? Botma? Botma. Botma. But okay. uh, most people pronounce it incorrectly, so you're <laughs> good. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming by. I know that you are a very busy man, but I want to just kind of pick your brain for a little bit today and just tell you how much, A, I appreciate you coming in, especially the time being what it is, and B, just sharing the information that you do have because- yeah. The financial world is can be a scary place for most people, especially myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's just kick it off to what I usually ask everyone in the start of this and being that we are, let's say, May 26th and it is a Tuesday and we are going, we are, I think, ooh, a week after the, um, the lift of some of the bands for certain you know, restaurants and things like that, the yeah. lift on the restrictions. And so I bet you've seen some new things going on. Yes. But I would like to ask you, how are, first, how are you doing? How is the group doing? And how's your family doing? How did you guys survive, you know, being together for so long and all of that? You know, we're really fortunate. Um, we homeschool our children. So as a result, uh, we didn't have a ton of change. Oh, good. As far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, Silver lining. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, You know, we uh, also at my place of employment, part of my company culture is to make sure that everybody has the ability to work remotely. Okay. Um, They literally can come and go as they please. And I empower them with the technology and the resources they need to make that happen. So as a result, our our company didn't have to make a whole lot of changes either. 
Uh, typically when bad stuff happens, I like to ask this question, what does this make possible, right? Yeah. And what uh, this whole situation made possible was a really unique opportunity for, for my family and I to spend some time with each other, which was, which was great. I like that. I like the the attitude and the mindset that you have. I think there is a rare breed of individuals to actually really um, be strict on the idea of silver lining and thinking positive, glass half full. And there's mm-hmm. very a, a certain breed that kind of lives and breathes that. So I'm feeling your energy out. So I'm really digging it because there's there's definitely um, I'm looking forward to talking and understanding you a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know what was kind of the antithesis for some of the changes that you guys like what was the kind of for you the turning point to make certain i guess do you guys work in a brick and mortar all the time was there certain meetings that you kind of went to straight digital what was what were some of the certain things that you made to kind of curb any question that you guys are not being safe yeah you know we um do have a storefront um at is brick and mortar when you help people with their home loans, their insurance, and their investments, a lot of times they want to meet in person. And, and we pride ourselves in having a really cool in-person environment in our office. But yeah. uh, we did um, follow through with the uh, recommendations just to say, hey, look, you know what? We're going to make yeah. sure that we have no more than 10 people in our office at all times and just disinfect things and do certain stuff like that. Um, we played a little bit more defense, I would say, than offense, if you will. <laughs> uh, but uh, during that time, it, it was it was great. Um my team just, I'm just really proud of them, man. They, That's really good. They, uh, it's, it's weird. You would think a finance company in the middle of a recession would, would be hurting. Yeah. Uh, but over the last two months, we've done more business than in the entire, any other month before. Isn't that uh, so intriguing though? Yeah, it's, it's, it's intriguing, but it, at the same time, it like, it gets me excited. Yeah. It, it gets me excited because um, it lets me know that my team not only can can go through those hard times, mm-hmm. uh, but they can thrive during those hard times. 100%. And that if I do my best in supporting them and helping them and leading them, that they're going to be able to respond well to that and serve our community with everything they've got. Um, people were hurting in our community, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they responded well by putting their own needs aside and serving others through some scary stuff, uh, which were their finances during this, this period. So, yeah, for sure. So now I will go into asking the, the, the start question that we used to ask is, uh, can you give us a little bit of your origin story and how, um, you came to be not only an author, but you know, owner, business owner, entrepreneur, and all of these things. Yeah. So, um, I guess I can kind of work backwards. The, the author story, it was on accident. <laughs> I never really wanted to write a book. Um, it was not a thing that I had a desire for. Who who gave you the idea or who forced your hand? Uh, it was actually a publisher approached me and oh, asked nice. me to do it. Yeah. So I we some, won some awards for uh, what we had done in our in our business. And when, when you do that, um, certain organizations or events or other people will ask you to speak at their conferences or help other people with it. And I started doing that and I really enjoyed it. Um, and the answer to, to how I was able to have some of the success that we had was my team. They're really great people. Our, yeah. our workplace culture is something special. And um, my assistant one day looks at me and says, hey, we're not able to get as much done because you're traveling too much speaking at these events. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, I don't want to stop helping people in this way. What can I do? And she introduced me to online courses. So I created nice. an online course that helps people 
create a thriving workplace culture to hire and to set goals and accountability, even firing all those things. This, I want to say to everyone listening, I forgot to mention this in the intro. You do have this, you know, this online class and online course that you do uh, teach and kind of, I, I can't believe I forgot that. Part. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, so I did the course and um, a someone who worked for a publisher happened to take the course oh, nice. and they approached me and said, Hey, you need to make a book. And I'm like, ah, I don't really want to I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like you can make 12 books out of what's in here. Like you've got to do this. It'd be super easy. And I went down that process and man, I'll be honest. It was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I really enjoyed writing a book. It was a blast. Awesome. Uh, so that's the story of, of how I got to write, write a book. It, it just, business and led into speaking, which led into the course, which then led into a book. That's really incredible that the kind of uh, progression of the snowball effect yeah. that, that you that you had there. Was that in your mind at all? Like just, just seeing that full spectrum or was that kind of a vision that you just kind of took down and was like, oh, look at that. That kind of just unfolded like that. Yeah, it just happened. Um, the good news is um, you don't have to be super intelligent or smart <laughs> to write a book. Uh, you know, I, I grew up on a farm kicking cow patties for fun, so I'm not super smart. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they have a team of people that help you uh, put the book together in a way um, that flows right, um, but then also in a way that people are going to be able to absorb the information um, that's inside your head. So it was, yeah. it was, it was cool. It was fun. Just like the team that you built with your financial yeah. world, you had this team that's backing you in this, this is the author world, yeah. so to speak. Yes, exactly. Um, what was the kind of experience like gaining that number one, like seeing it go oh, to number one? Man, super unexpected. Um, I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll sell a a few hundred copies and it'll that'll be cool and that's really the only expectation yeah. that i had um but man uh, that first week was a was a whirlwind for sure again the, the publisher did a great job um in publicizing the book but then also um I, I didn't know it but there's just there's a big need out there for people to understand how to create better workplace cultures mm -hmm. see that's the thing like i thought what i had was like everybody had it i didn't yeah. i didn't know it was it was unique but um yeah, just it just validated the idea that man, people need help with this. Um, so it was unexpected to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you would think, and the same thing goes for like podcasting too. I feel like everyone knows the approach. It's not the end of like it's not a secret ingredient or anything fantastic out of the box sort of thing that we're doing here. But it's just like at the end of the day, like we've gotten requests to do because we taught one course, and it's just so unexpected to see so many people who are like yearning to learn the basics mm. and i was like wow this is kind of interesting that so many people came out to our 101 class to mm -hmm. learn basic podcasting stuff that i thought everyone knew or right. everyone understood so sort of speak yeah that's such a good point man i think a lot of times people have something very special inside of them and they don't think it's special mm -hmm. they maybe don't give themselves a lot of credit to them it's it's common yeah uh, but really if you put yourself out there like you have done with this podcast you have an opportunity to make a big impact on somebody you know yeah. and that's a cool thing so yeah that's great what's your favorite chapter of the book uh, my favorite chapter of the book is the part where I break down a unified purpose. Okay. Um, so I believe that, um, so the book title is The Problem Isn't Their Paycheck. And what it tries to do is debunk the myth that uh, people who, the, the best talent, the best employees, all they really care about is money. Um, and what I reveal is that there's three other motivating factors outside of money that, mm -hmm. that people typically pursue. Um, and one of those is purpose. People want to do work that matters. 
But you can take that purpose and that mission of your company to another level if you make sure that it's selfless. Mm. If it has a focus on genuinely putting your own needs aside, serving others well, because then that selflessness, it creates community. Yeah. So that was why I call it a unified purpose. It's taking that mission statement, uniting your team together and pursuing something on a daily basis where they get to come into work every day and say, I'm making a real impact mm-hmm. on real people today. That was a fun chapter to write. Oh, I love that. I, you know, and it's so fascinating to kind of um, you distill, you know, knowledge into written word and kind of making sure that you're, you know, crossing your T's and you're dotting your I's. So the detail and the level of um, what you want to come across is definitely it comes off in your voice and mm. I'm sure it comes off in in the in the chapter as well. No, thank you. Um, one of the other things I want to get into and we keep coming back to your team is we'll get let's get into a little bit of your team. You have a a, a, um, a cast of co-founders that I was reading there. Yeah. Can you give me a little insight on how you met these fellas? Yeah, so I went to a small college here in Arizona. Uh, it was called Southwestern College. It's now called Arizona Christian University. Okay. And when I was going to school there, I kind of had this idea that um, I wanted to start a uh, financial business. Mm-hmm. I was seeing that money was a really big deal to people. <laughs> and uh, obviously, as, as one does. <laughs> yes, right. Um, and the part that that really I got hurt by is I was seeing people in my community because this was during like kind of like the mortgage crisis meltdown, yeah. you know, yeah. I was seeing like divorces literally happen because people were buying homes when they probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, I was seeing parents not be able to spend time that they wanted to with their children and, and hurting those relationships. And I, I just, I didn't like that. And I wanted to create a place where uh, people could go to get their finances taken care of the best way possible, whether they knew it or not. And while I was in college, I kind of wrote up this plan of like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to help people with their home loans, their insurance, their investments, and just do it as the best possible way. Um, And as I was doing that, you know, you gain relationships and friends in college and uh, uh, coming out of college, starting the company, some of those relationships turned into uh, business partnerships as we uh, developed. It started out, stewardship started out as just a mortgage company, which Mm -hmm. then turned into a mortgage company and an insurance company, which then turned into mortgage insurance, financial planning, which then turned into mortgage insurance, financial planning, investment management. And um, having trusted friends uh, that uh, are on the same mission with me, mm-hmm. that genuinely care about our community and trying to love people well through their finances. And it's a blast to be able to serve serve yeah. with them. So it's cool. There's one in particular that I have to go into in your team there. Uh, a person who is the host of your uh, financial podcast. Yeah. Um, can you give us the name of the podcast and the individual who's hosting? Yeah. So that's Jeremy Sharp, good friend and, and obviously business partner of mine. And he hosts the Defining Stewardship podcast. Yes. Uh, and that's where we talk about finances, um, little things like, you know, how insurance agents are paid and how that impacts you to big things like making sure that your retirement account and your investments are aligned with your values, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we talk about all kinds of those, all, all kinds of those things. And he's yeah. done a great job hosting the podcast. So I'm really proud of him. I'm very excited that you guys decided to do that because I want to know what was the conversation like to want 
for Jeremy to even host and want to want to host and then be how you decided to come across. OK, let's just talk about it. Let's be open about that, because some some financial, you know, venues might assume like, oh, no, let's let's keep it all to ourselves, because the more information we give, hmm. the more we are less in their lives or, you know, the less they depend on us. Yeah. Jeremy has a heart of gold. He genuinely cares about people like crazy. Hmm. Um, and it's his heart that started the podcast. It was his idea. It was his thing. And he said, look, I want to make a bigger impact on people. I yeah. want to love people well. And this is another way that we can do it. So he For pursued sure. it and put put his foot on the gas. So it was great. Oh man. I, and the fact that his boss like yourself is just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's be, let's be, let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when you see your business partner have a great idea like that, all you want to do is, uh, support him. I was just wanting to be the wind in his sails, you know, <laughs> yeah, or maybe be like a fullback blocking all, all the obstacles out of the way. So he could just run and, and, and get a touchdown. So yeah. it's been fun. So have you been on the podcast? Can you give us a little bit more information on that? Yeah. So I've been on the podcast a few times every once in a while. He'll want to do uh, interview style like this, where we talk about different things or yeah. different topics. His area of expertise is definitely financial planning and investment management. Okay. Um, whereas my licenses are investment management, financial planning, but I also have insurance and mortgage and all these other different ones. Nice. So he brings me on from time to time for that. Uh, but man, really where Jeremy does well is he does a good job getting some other experts mm -hmm. about finances from all over the country on as guests okay. um, and then ask them questions about certain uh, topics that might be of interest to people. Like uh, one time, one of my favorite episodes is he brought this guy named Bruce Brinesma on who uh, wrote a book about uh, retirement. And a lot of people think that when you retire, like life is quote unquote over, right? Yeah. Uh, he is like, no, it's not that. The book is called The Retirement Reformation. And he, what he it tells people is, look, when you age, uh, all you do is transition into another stage of life. Yeah. And he helps people understand um, a creating a vision for what that stage could be and making the most out of that stage. Um, and man, when Jeremy had him on the episode, he did a great job asking those questions and allowing Bruce mm -hmm. to be a hero and share some really cool information. So it's great. You know what it kind of reminds me of is just your, your ask, your thought process on having an aspirational goal to goal set in your business to, you know, in your own life, have these different transitional phases for you to, have a honed goal to reach mm. and then you will transition into the next one and so on and so forth. Yeah. And it's just like, that's these, the connections of how you guys, you know, making your financial world even smaller. I can mm. imagine just how many times you've kind of, Oh yeah, I've read this book. Oh man, let's have them on the podcast or mm. like, you know, things like that. Have you guys come across that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, having a purpose in, um, our company, you know, having that unified purpose, which is to love people through finances to then having a purpose in our, uh, podcast, uh, to make sure that we're doing well and defining what stewardship really is to people and helping them with their, their finances in that regard to also having people on the show that have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really fun, especially when you give them an opportunity to share about that purpose in a passionate way. It's neat. Yeah. And so, um, as we progress forward, we're going to go into a little bit of, you know, your personal life and kind of go into you as the owner. Um, we did talk off air and kind of your life growing up and wanted to, I, I have always been, um, open about my own childhood, you know, growing up, I lived on an Indian reservation and I'll be honest, I was never taught finances. Hmm. I, I can attest like my parents had a hard enough time, you know, making sure that I got to school every day and, you know, hmm. worrying about their own finances to, you know, have to, or even want to teach their eldest son to like, you know, what savings are or have to, I guess the idea of burdening him with, 
you know, financial burdens like that mm-hmm. was something that they wanted to put away. But, you know, I, as I progress, progressed along in school, I had to realize that I was like, the finance part is really a part of my life forever. Mm. And so I would like to, you know, kind of understand how you even got into the world that you are in today, even from an early age. Yeah. So as I mentioned a little earlier in, in the podcast, I, I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. and uh, that was out west in Buckeye. I was the middle of seven kids. Um, it was a lot of fun growing up on a farm. You learn from uh, your parents and your brothers and sisters uh, work ethic. They yeah. were such hard workers. Um, it was it was beautiful watching um, my mom, my dad, my brothers, older brothers and sisters uh, show up every day because they had to, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what they felt like, no matter what the circumstances were, yeah. and finding creative ways to overcome problems. That was a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, I, again, I, I just learned a lot from them during that process. But, you know, as life has it, life happens. And sometimes people make different decisions or things happen that are maybe even out of their control. And, um as, as life progressed, my, my parents ended up getting divorced and uh, my father uh, ended up in, in prison for a little bit. And that was really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go from growing up on a farm to having um, this this big family to now having this family that's kind of split and, and from the farm to living now in the inner city of Phoenix. And it, it was weird. It's a t- tough time in life, yeah. at least for, for any kid who's going through junior high. That's just a tough thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you kind of going through junior high and also going through some of those other things with your parents and the, those life changes, um, it makes an impact on you. It really does. Um, but again, my, my mom, she's a wonderful woman. And, um, you know, earlier when I started the podcast, I said, you know, what, what, what does this make? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the good that can come out of this and yeah. seeing that silver lining, man, she did a great job teaching me that. Um, I, I felt like really, no matter what the circumstances were, she always knew how to laugh things off and, or how, uh, to focus on the positive. Um, and, uh, she taught some, some resiliency and some tenacity in me as, uh, uh, through that. So, yeah, you know, you, you, you gain confidence when you grow up in those scenarios. Um, when you have a father who, who teaches you what work ethic looks like, uh, when you have a mom who teaches you what work ethic looks like, when you have older brothers and sisters who just work hard and, and they, they teach you that. Uh, but then when, when things happen, you see the rest of your family and your parents overcome that. It gives you confidence to really believe that you, you can do great things too. Yeah. And that kind of gave me almost, um, I guess, this arrogance that whenever I saw something that I thought was broken, I felt like, you know what, I can fix that. I can change that. Yeah. And I, when I saw, I was working in personal finance and I saw that, that it was broken, that literally people are financially incentivized to put customers in a worse situation. They'll get a few hundred or a few thousand dollars extra commission just to put a customer in a worse situation. I hated that. Like my stomach churned and it just bothered me. And I wanted to create a solution for people. Uh, So with that confidence uh, from my upbringing and and with that work ethic from my upbringing, I was um, able to see this need and do my best to fill that need. Sure. Uh, and jump in and, and create a place where people could get their finances taken care of in the best way possible. Yeah. That is so incredible that you had that journey to, to, to build that confidence and to build that kind of stamina because you know, that I think that comes from that middle child syndrome where mm-hmm. it's like, you have so many other siblings, like that, the, the stamina part to, to mm-hmm. withstand 
you know, constant barrage of like all of this like negativity and mm -hmm. all the and just to stand up towards that and mm -hmm. be like, no, it's gonna we got to change this. It's just it, it really does show the kind of person that you are. And so yeah, you know, the the person that I am has everything to do with the other people that were around me. Um, you know, the, the, it it sounds like oh, Grant, you know, your your parents got divorced and your dad ended up in jail and there's like that sounds like crazy and it was tough and it wasn't easy, but my parents they love me. Yeah. And I never, ever doubted that. And that's a beautiful thing that sure. there are plenty of kids in the world that, that don't have that. And um, I, I never doubted that. And that was a huge thing for me. But not only that, my parents, again, they worked hard and they put me in situations where I could be mentored by and loved on by other people of our community. Mm -hmm. So many people stepped in to help. Uh, to help our family, but to help me individually. Mm -hmm. um, I am not who I am today if it wasn't for those people, some of those amazing, wise people to come in and, uh, you know, kind of grab me by the ear and move me in the right direction when I needed to, right? Yeah. Or, or or push me uh, in, in the right direction with encouragement when I needed it as well. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate the compliment, but uh, man, it's it's other people that, that got me there. <laughs> I, and you you yet again prove the, the humbleness goes, I mean, because honestly, like, you know, there is a, I'd be the same way in your shoes. I feel like I, I have to give it to the other people around me as well. Um, but I, I'm going to progress forward. And as you moved along into your college years and you've, um, you know, saw this, this world, you know, that you want to help um, and you built your business, what, or I guess, I guess what I will know is what was your first like, okay, aha moment, like this is working or this is, this is my, everything i'm going every all in on this business where was that aha moment for you um so it sounds really weird um but it it started with some emotion i got really emotional um and almost uh, some hate was kind of like welling up inside of me um when this kind of recession came or or these 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 really bad mortgages were out there because mm -hmm. i was working in the mortgage industry at the time I was just watching my coworkers and watching other people in the industry just put people in bad situations. And that welling up of, of emotion let me know, like, okay, you, you not only can do something about this, but you should do something about this. Yeah. Um, and when I saw uh, another person who, who mentored me and loved me well was, was my boss at that time, um, he showed me that, like, man, anybody can go out and start a business. Mm -hmm. Um Again, I'm not super smart. I'm not super intelligent. I'm just a normal guy. And he he proved to me and showed me, like, Grant, anybody can start a mortgage company. And, you know, there there's information out there that's public. You just have to follow the steps. Yeah. And, you know, it's if when you go downtown and you see these big buildings, you shouldn't be intimidated by that. Somebody somewhere, just like you, started that. For sure, um, yeah. And you can do the same thing. And, and that encouragement... That was also a big aha moment. It's like, not only is this endeavor worthy and I have passion about it, um, but this is this is something that can be done. This is doable. And, and, and that encouraged me to keep going. That's awesome. Um, and then I guess my next question is, you know, when you found the purpose and you had the aha moment, um, you know, what what was your first move, I guess? What was your very first like, let me do this and let me make sure that this is all taken care of, right? 
Yeah. So, um, the first thing that, that I had to do is I had to like, take care of my own house. I had to make sure that <laughs> if I'm starting a business yeah. that, uh, financially we're going to be okay. My wife, uh, was working at a very small Christian school at the time and she, um, wasn't making a ton of money, uh, but we did well in managing our expenses and, uh, uh, she, like a hero, found ways to get groceries and different things at yeah. really inexpensive prices while we were working on trying to build the business. So we made sure that we could afford things just on her, her salary uh, for a while, which which was good. Uh, but in the business, what, what we did is we made sure that uh, what we were going to be offering to customers was genuinely the best. I did market research to figure out what customers were typically being charged. Mm. And then I also understood what loan products and or services I thought were wrong for people. And I chose not to even offer those. Didn't even speak to vendors or lenders or any partners that would want to try and sell those mm-hmm. um, through my... Made, made your own blacklist, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Not only a blacklist, but I made my own green list, good list of mm-hmm. of things that this is how we're going to operate. We are going to do A, B, and C, X, Y, and Z. Awesome. And really, it had to do with selflessness. We're going to put other people's needs ahead of my own. And as hard as that is some days mm-hmm. where, you know, you could you know, make a manipulation to earn more commission, uh, we'd say no to it every time. Yeah. And we're going to put the customer's needs first, even if it costs us money. Awesome. Um, you know, this has really been enlightening as far as like, you know, you as an individual and the owner and then learning about your team and how incredible you guys are. I'd like to go into now you've brought up, you know, helping others and one of the things that I've come across in my own research is how you are helping as you've progressed along in your business is helping other nonprofits and mm-hmm. other communities. Um, I you, you had a very nice list. Um, one off the top of my head was Life mm-hmm. that you guys work with. Can you give us a little bit of information and kind of who you guys work with, who you guys advocate for, especially now in these days, can you give us a little bit of information too for other um, financial opportunities for you know help, people looking for help right now? Yeah, for sure. So Life is an organization, it's a school actually just down the road from our office. And we got to know some of the people that are on staff there, a friend of mine, Justin, uh, he works there and it's basically... Um, an education institute for people that um, have disabilities. Oh, okay. um, a lot of times it's hard for parents to find an education situation yeah. that um, is going to work well meeting the needs of the special need individual, right? And um, they, they excel in that. Mm-hmm. They do a great job not only providing the resources, providing staff who really care yeah. that can provide the a type of education that that this particular individual uh, needs. So that's what Life Institute is about. Um, We also work with a number of other institutions. We love Orchard Africa, who helps um, provide food and education to kids uh, throughout uh, Africa that need it, specifically in South Africa. Um, I'm on the board of Midwest Food Bank, Arizona Division. Uh, Love that organization. That's a a food bank that uh, goes and gets food for free and then gives the food away to food pantries for free. That's awesome. Um, And they're currently right now serving over 300 food pantries in the valley uh, where, you know, these churches, these shelters, these uh, food pantries can give food away in their community uh, for free, which is great. Um, You know, it's weird. Hunger is a thing that hides uh, sometimes. Uh, Yes, you see it where, you know, there's a homeless person or somebody on the side of the road that, that, obviously he's looking for a meal. Right. Mm-hmm. But when I was, you know, we were going through those times as, as, as kids, 
And there were times where we had to count how many, you know, microwavable burritos or ramen is left in the yeah. pantry and see, okay, how many days left until mom gets paid type thing. Yep. And we relied on some of the feeding programs that um, the park had. And it was, it was great. Those were awesome days when we knew we could get a brown bag lunch, right? Nice. Um, yeah. And it's, it's organizations like Midwest Food Bank that provide food um, to those parks, to those feeding uh, programs. So love Midwest Food Bank as well. And cool thing about Midwest Food Bank, they're a great place to serve. Nice. You know, like yeah. right now, a lot of times people are wondering, what can I do? How can I help? What, what, what are things that I can, yeah. I can do uh, to, to make an impact on the community? Serving at a place like Midwest Food Bank, they're, they're putting together uh, care packages and, and meal boxes for people. Um, they're uh, always having opportunities to serve. You can just show up and say, hey, I'm here with my kids. No matter what your age, no matter what your ability level, they'll find a way for you to serve, which is fun too. Yeah, I like that. And I was also kind of um, interested in knowing from your professional experience, um, for entrepreneurs or any types of even in whether or not that they're in the financial world or not, are there any programs that you like to shout out or at least know of that would, are helping people now? Oh, totally. Um, you know, I, I, we, we're on a podcast. So if you're listening to this, you probably listen to podcasts. Yeah. I think one of the greatest podcasts for any entrepreneur is called the Story Brand Podcast by Donald Miller. Nice. Uh, had the opportunity to build a relationship with him. He's a great guy. And I've, I've, uh, gone to his uh, story brand workshops where they help small business owners simplify their message so they can do better in marketing. But man, if you're starting out or if you're an entrepreneur trying to grow and you're sitting at home trying to figure out what to do, you can literally listen to episode one and try to go all the way through and you'll have a better business education, uh, like a master's or doctorate in business, you know, than most people would going to a university. I mean, that podcast is a wealth of information. It can be super helpful for people, um, especially now during the transitions they have to make yeah. uh, with their business. Uh, he walks you through a lot of that stuff, especially on some of the recent episodes. I love that. That's awesome. I love to, um, I love learning about new podcasts because it helps me kind of really get out of my own rut of listening to certain, like just, I have my certain favorites, but it's just like, like learning about new ones so I can go and do my due diligence. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, are there any root? So now I'm going into your own life again. So I want to know, are there any routines that you like to keep um, that you kind of live your life by or kind of want to share with us? Sure. Yeah, I have some personal routines. Um, My family, um, although I work and I'm quote unquote busy, I try to stay busy with my family. Um, uh, This morning I had uh, my weekly date with one of my kids. So every week I go on a date with my kids, take them to a local coffee shop. We hang out and really not a ton of agenda, just that when the time is over, they know I, I love them. Yeah. Uh, again, it's something I learned from my parents that I, I never doubted that they loved me. Yeah. And I want to make sure that my kids are able to grow up in that same uh, vein. Um, I make sure that I try to to have a, a weekly day with my wife as well. Um, we do uh, on the weekends, we try to prepare for a rest day. So Saturday, we're doing lots of work and chores and mm-hmm. things. Uh, but then on Sunday, we intentionally try to rest together as a family. And rest looks different for everybody and rest looks different every week. But we're very intentional and have a routine about that as well. Yeah. Um, some routines that I have in work, uh, me- uh, Monday is for meetings. So it's a meeting Monday. We have all my meetings on Mondays typically. Um, and then 
then uh, throughout the week, I allow myself to have different appointments like this on, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And Friday's my last day to try to make the week as productive as possible. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, a day to grind and, nice. and try to get as much stuff done. So those are a few routines that I do on a weekly basis. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad that we got to be a part of your routine. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's good. It's I'm, really, I'm really cool. Uh, is there anything that you, you know, as you guys have progressed along and as you guys are progressing as a business, I know that there have been some changes, you know, with the world and how it's kind of financially like going to stabilize and things like that. Mm -hmm. But is there an ultimate goal that you guys kind of live by or keep um, yeah. for your own kind of, like you said, purpose? But I know that your guys' purpose is helping the clients, mm -hmm. but... You know, for a business to survive, there's an ultimate kind of threshold that you need to mm -hmm. keep. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you guys keep by? Yeah, I would say uh, one thing that is super important um, is to keep personal finances personal. Mm -hmm. uh, we give financial advice to people and there's really great financial advice on, um, you know, in different books, podcasts, blogs and whatever. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand that your personal financial situation is different than your neighbors. Got it. So uh, making sure that you follow through on uh, specific uh, financial endeavors that are specific to your goals are important. Now, that said, there's also some general things that anybody can follow. Something that we learned through this coronavirus period is savings is a problem. Mm -hmm. um, people in our society don't save well. And not only do individuals not save well, but businesses don't save well. And proof of that is the government had to come in and basically become everybody's parachute yeah. and help them because they, they were unable to get income during these times. So it's one thing that I hope everybody learns from this uh, COVID-19 pandemic situation is that, man, I got to make sure I'm saving money Yeah, because grandma told me to save for a rainy day. So I know <laughs> a rainy day's coming and I better act like it. Yeah, And uh, making savings a habit. You talked about routines. If you're able to make savings a routine every time you get paid, mm -hmm. that's a really, really big deal. And it'll not only give you peace of mind so that you can thrive during these kind of downtimes, but you can be the type of person who's able to help others yeah. than waiting for and hoping for a handout during times yeah. like this. So. That's really great. I mean, there are so many things that you have kind of unfolded and you know divulged to us. I would love as my own personal kind of knowledge and what I want to learn from you is I've always asked this of everyone who comes through our door is what have you learned from the community? What have you taken away from Arizona, especially the local community? Because, you know, we are who we say we are. We're a podcast about Arizona for Arizona. And so I'd like to learn more about like what you've learned from your local community. Yeah. Uh, what I've learned from our local community is that Arizona pride is a great thing. You know, we're a place where there was a lot of transplants and people come here from different states and different cities and even different countries. Yeah. Um, there isn't a ton of quote unquote natives uh, from Arizona who are born here, lived here, raised here their whole life. I have. It sounds like you were too. As well. Oh, no, I actually grew up. Um, so when I was between ages one to like 12, I was in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, OK. All outside right. of Philly. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people here who who are just like that. They didn't they weren't born and raised entirely here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they still have pride about this place. Absolutely. And they still have uh, not only pride about the place that they live, but pride about Arizona as a whole. Um, our culture, uh, our weather, our sports teams, our restaurants, uh, you know, our seasons, our seasons that we don't have. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and 
that's a good thing. And uh, that's okay. It's okay to lean into that pride and be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that, you know, even though you're neighbor or you yourself may not be a person who's born and raised here, you can still have pride about the place that you live. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a big question that Brit usually is here for, but Brittany's not, uh, is not able to answer or ask the big question today. So I will be filling mm-hmm. in for Brittany's big question. I think uh, one of the big questions that she would like to know about you personally is, what did you learn from your own finances through COVID-19 and you and, you know, having to support a family and things like that? What did you learn from your own financial program and how it works for you? Yeah. So a big part of winning with money is having a plan. And the sometimes it's that nasty B word, a budget, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. A lot of people don't have, but that really breaks down to just having a plan, knowing this is how I'm going to spend my money mm-hmm. when the money comes. Yeah. Um, and what I, I learned is that when you're having that plan, if you feel like you need to make an adjustment to how you spend that money, it's a whole lot easier if you've got that plan there. Yeah. When you and your wife and even your children have been included in on parts of this plan and what this plan looks like, when you say, hmm, man, if things get really tough, what are some adjustments that we can make? It's easy to go to that drawing board if it's drawn out yeah. and say, hey, we're going to make some adjustments here if we need to, and we'll be just fine. And that gives a lot of peace of mind. So mm-hmm. having a plan is a big deal. Yeah. And like that reassurance for not only your your own sanity, but for everyone, like you said, involving them and letting them know it's going to be okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's great. I really do appreciate all of the information that you've provided today. And really, honestly, I just, you know, as someone who hasn't learned much, like I'm still learning. There's still a lot. We all are, myself included. Yeah. Um, But again, it's like, you know, having someone with your voice and just kind of your demeanor Hmm. just makes me feel at ease when it comes to the financial world. So I can only imagine what your customers go through and, you know, it can only just be good from there. But before we go, I want to know quickly, what are, give me the rundown of the services that you guys provide. Yeah. So before I do that, I I, got to say this one, um, I, I've been on a lot of different podcasts was part of what happened through the writing the book. Uh, This one was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, And the fact that you invited me here uh, to be a part of it, um, I don't take that lightly. Um, Your invitation means a lot to me, but more than that, uh, this conversation is very different than almost any other podcast conversation I had. You're good at this, man. I appreciate that. I really do. I think this is fun. So um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Grant. Uh, So yeah, stewardship. We do uh, home loans, insurance, and investments with wisdom and love. So uh, what we're helping people with on the home loan side is if you're trying to buy a house or if you currently have a home loan and you need to refinance, we can help you with those loans. Uh, For insurance, we do all things insurance. So auto and home and life and disability and all that stuff. Uh, And then for your investments, we help... plan for your retirement. But more than that, we help you save for other milestones in your life, you know, saving, saving for a house or saving for kids education or whatever else that may be. And we put together financial plans. Um, So yeah, we help people with money. We, again, we want to love you through your finances and that's what we do at stewardship. That's, you know, and it's really like, I was looking at the list and I just kind of was like, so impressed by not only your, um, you know, what you guys provide, but just how you guys word everything. Every single sentence had like, like you said, there's the love and care and, and kindness to it. There's a level of like, really, you just want to help, Hmm. honestly. And it just means so much that you guys take that time and that understanding Hmm. because it's, again, it's a scary place. Totally. And to provide someone 
access to, like you said, your personal finances mm-hmm. is, is, is a hard choice to, you know, overcome and just kind of say, yes, let me go to you and, and provide you or let me have you be a part of this. Yeah. You know, you can DIY all this stuff. You can go online and get a mortgage on your own insurance on your own. You can do your investments on your own mm-hmm. online. Um, and, and that's okay. Uh, but we understand that there's a lot of people out there who don't understand it and have that fear, like yeah. you mentioned. And even though they may be savvy enough to handle their own online, people choose to come work for us because one, they know that there's a wise and loving advisor who's going to handle the finances for them so they can focus on what they believe really matters. Yeah. The relationships with their family, their career, their philanthropic endeavors, making an impact on their community. People that are going out there trying to do more for this community of Arizona, well, they can do that with confidence, knowing that they have a team of people managing their finances behind the scene. Love it. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least, this is time to promote yourself. <laughs> I know it's hard to say goodbye. You're tearing up there. He's wiping a tear away, guys. But uh, this is your chance to let everyone know where they can find you online, the physical address, phone number, everything and anything, and how they set up an appointment take it away. Grant. Yeah. So best way to follow me is on Instagram. My uh, Instagram handle is at Grant Botma. I'm posting basically every day and I show up with Instagram stories every day too. And in those stories, I try to educate people on finances and company culture and leadership and even some parenting. Um, so that's happening. Uh, and so you can, you can just follow me there for free. Uh, but if you're interested in, in talking with us about home loans, insurance, or investments, uh, you can go to stewardship.pro stewardship.pro and there is about a billion schedule and appointment buttons all over the place on that website so you just click a button schedule a time is most convenient for you we will meet with you in person online or over the phone awesome and uh ladies and gentlemen before we go you can hear every episode of our podcast at findingarizonapodcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so all of our you know things to dm us at is at finding arizona podcast and last but not least there's a way for you guys to become a super fan that is at patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast sign up for one of the tiers and you will be provided bonus content to your heart's content and including the following uh, uh, uh fine examination it is our bonus po- podcast that we ask 50 questions of every guest and grant is going to take the the questionnaire next so join us on that episode and before we go we say goodbye to stewardship financial and to grant here uh thank you again honestly you have provided me really really like i have a level of um understanding to now fear less the financial world good so honestly i will be taking you up on your podcast advice and we'll be listening to not only yours but the one that you provided as well and i will link everything below in the description for you guys so thank you again grant for everything it really does mean a lot when you come in and really provide us really open honest conversations appreciate it man it's it's been an honor it's been fun awesome good night everybody we will catch you again on the next one